Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chef's Meal, where we talk about whatever and never and everything else in between. Guys, thank you again for joining us. Uh, another episode of the Chef's Meal. Today, we are joined by two folks from Everyday America podcast. Welcome. What's up, guys? Now, if you guys don't mind, just uh, hey, just introduce yourselves on, one at a hey, time. Hey, how's it going? That way they can understand who you are and what you guys are doing. Yep, my name is uh, Paul Pottle with uh, Everyday America. Yeah, and I'm Travis Jones, Everyday right. America. We are the host, I co-host, host. I don't know, we don't get too technical. We're too good. I got you. It, you know, now, why did you guys call it Everyday America? Dream, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. So when we first started doing research on podcasts, you know, about everything that you read says, take one topic, stick to one topic, do this topic. And that's how to be successful. We just felt like there's more to it than that. We're not in it, you know, obviously for the numbers, for this, that, or the other. And I don't really like to be fenced in. Paul, I know you don't like to be caged in either. So I don't like know. cages at all. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So we keep it broad, man. There's so much division, you know, everywhere and everything's all negative. And we're just focusing on positive stories, real people, and just talking about whatever we want. Paul, can you help me out here? Yeah. Well, and let's go back a little further than that, actually. So Travis kind of came over to my house on a whim one day and was like, hey, man, I just been thinking about doing some podcasting. But, you know, I've done a couple of other podcasts before. And he was like, I just want to get your opinion on stuff. So we were talking for, you know, an hour or two. And we just start talking about like my kid's soccer and his son's football and, you know, just some poli- some politics stuff, yeah. and just sports and different stuff. And, and Travis is like, this is what we should talk about. It's like, everything. Let's talk everything. About it cause, cause I mean, who doesn't want to talk about some of that stuff? Some people don't want to talk about it so they can tune out of that episode if they don't want to. But, but if it gets across to everybody, that's kind of what we want to do. It's a, it's a podcast for everyday American people that, have jobs and go to work and can understand the things we're talking yeah, about, yeah, I you do. know, or I actually, have medical problems like, or predominantly my, my channel or, have, or rather you know my saying? podcast revolves around cooking because I've been a chef for so long. So I share my secrets kind of on a weekly basis, but like, like everybody else, we have different other venues. And so we talk about other things. So I, on Thursdays, the, the chef's meal episode, um, I interview pretty much all podcasters. Just kind of want to get to know them, how they do it and what they eat, because I'm always intrigued about how they eat because you know food first now yeah no exactly right are you guys uh where are you guys located if you don't mind no life indiana yeah so we're actually we're located in indiana uh both of us uh, new jersey so yep and i believe you're in new jersey right or new york jersey the garden state so pretty right on for the for the food podcast right now i have a friend that lives in jersey and she's like oh it's the garden state there's so much vegetables and everything else i'm city. Just, absolutely I think jersey yeah. and i just i don't think garden i, I think city yeah 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 <laughs> so I've got like a little garden hanging out a it's, window or it's because you know. of the trees how did jersey get it, the garden state there's a name, lot of you know? trees i mean like if that... you um how do i explain it like um I think there's one town literally encompassed of trees. It feels like if you have you guys ever gone to like upstate New York or something, or have you watched any kind of videos that you see there's just roads and roads and there's just trees all over it? Kind of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that on regular like streets. North Carolina. I, I've been. To North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> well, we're from the Hoosier state. I couldn't tell you what that means. So you do way better than us. Yeah. Is that like a corn, like a regular crop of corn year. over there? Not much no, corn this year. Oh yeah, yeah. It's pretty corn and beans. They usually rotate in and out uh, every couple of years. But for some reason, we moved to Seattle <laughs> and didn't know it because it's been raining for like twenty-seven straight days. So yeah, no joke. If you yeah, no uh, um, corn. corn all, it's probably gonna be it's not bad. Winter. Corn fluctuates every three months or so. So right now, I don't know if you guys do any kind of food or anything or any no knowledgeable of the the food prices. But um, like right in the beginning of summer, which is today. All the way till about August ish, corn will spike three to six dollars every other week. It's just weird, yeah. yeah. So you sometimes really it so just weird. depends on if they get rain they or not. Out there or whatever? So, like you mentioned, you got rain. Yeah, yeah. So we might get an like a shortage oh, of it, and every time there's a shortage, then. the the prices go up 30 percent. So it depends. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Here's your $8 ear of corn, sir. Yeah. Roasted. You mentioned the prices. I don't really know the prices other than what my wife spends at the grocery store, and it makes me mad every time. No, no, it really is. It's kind of what I'm... It's completely bullshit, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I don't... I mean, I just black out and eat. I wake up, and I'm fat, and I'm like, whose fault is this? It's not mine. Yeah, no, I... Uh, it's not my fault. I revolve oh, around on your wife. The, um, That's what I would do. The, the purchasing and all that, as, yep. as, as the chef, you're kind of monitoring everything. So uh, a typical... A typical half a bundle, which is 60 pieces of corn or ears of corn, is $47 right now, this week. Yeah. Next week, I'm assuming. Dang. I I just wait until Sunday. I go (laughs) out of the field. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that here in Indiana. You can pick it from the field. That's no joke. It's a health risk. In fact. Farmer sees you. In fact, fact, my, my wife and I, when we got married, we actually got married. Uh, out in the country and we knew some of the farmers that lived out there and as their wedding present they let us go out there and pick all the corn that we wanted for our wedding so we had corn on the cob Ooh. cooked on the like a hog roaster thing it was pretty awesome but it was freshly mm. picked out of the field it was pretty awesome we had to do it ourselves that which was cool. okay but it was it was kind of cool and it tasted delicious <laughs> did you wear a cowboy hat paul i did not, not a cowboy. It, so you know that indiana I'm no cowboy. born and raised <laughs> Oh yeah, Paul. Were you born? You were born here. I was born in uh, Lebanon, Indiana. Oh. I lived in New Britain, Connecticut for a while up in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So here's here's what's funny. So check this out. You'll you'll appreciate this because I used to um, work for a company that we called the Asbury Park. It's about uh, an hour. You, that's, I don't know how close that is to you for Jersey, but we uh-huh. we call them the Asbury Park uh, newspaper. So I worked in, I worked in sales uh, for newspaper sales. So when I first got you know to this place. The, you know, everyone was like, we had different areas. We had like Alabama, New Jersey, California, all these different places. <laughs> so what was funny was nobody wanted New Jersey. And you can't it, deal it, with them. Well, listen, so here I was you like, can't. well, why did, why do you guys not want New Jersey? Like they're rude. No offense, like they're crazy. super rude out there. And uh-huh. so me, most of my family's from Connecticut. So I was like, I'll take it. And they're like, you're crazy. You shouldn't take it. I'm like, I'll take it. So I get New Jersey. I remember one of the first couple calls, you know, it was a cold call sales, but they've worked with us before. They were our customers, but you know, so a New Jersey guy I call and he's like, uh, Hey man, I ain't got time to talk about this. I was like, well, sir, I don't actually have time to talk to you either. Yeah. And he, he laughed. He's like, all right, all right. You got a couple minutes, you know? So then we talk, whatever. 
But what's funny is people are like, oh, you can't say that to the people. I was like, well, you guys don't understand. They say that to you guys because if you have real thin skin, then they're like, good. I don't have to deal with that person. You know what I mean? So I think there's a big misunderstanding of the East Coast people. People see them as rude sometimes or or, you know, whatever. But it's just it's just a a culture out there that that's how they do it. They're fast paced Mm -hmm. and they like to joke around and mess around, you know, so. Can you speak You're about right that? You nose. think, I mean, yeah, am I right on really with that? Sarcastic individuals and so much so, I mean, I do it too. You know, when infomercials kind of come in like, hey, what's up? They're like, oh, I'm trying to sell it as well, but I'm like, I don't have time. And they're like, hold on, just give me two seconds. I'm like, I really don't have time. And then if they make me laugh, I'll give them like 10 seconds. So it just, it just depends you know, how you feel about it. But exactly. Definitely. Um, that's how most people are here. In, in fact, the one time I made a sale and it was kind of funny was I was talking to this guy and he was That's like, the only time you made a sale. Well, listen, no, I actually made a lot of sales, but he <laughs> said, he was like, man, I don't got time to deal with you. I'm working on my fantasy football league. And I was like, I'll tell you what, who are you getting? I said, I'll tell you what, oh. I'll help you this week. If you buy an ad from us, <laughs> and he did, he bought an ad and then he called me back and he's like, all right, here's who I'm thinking. What do you think? You know, that it was kind of fun, but that's, but that's my point in sales. You have to do whatever it takes to try to get, mm. you know, to build rapport with those, with those customers. And, and on the East coast, yeah. sometimes it's hard. You got to be kind of like them, you know, kind of funny and sarcastic yeah, and joke you. around with them and be able to take what they give you. Maybe I got a little East coast in me, man. Every time somebody comes up to the door, that's what it gets me. It's <laughs> not necessarily on the phone because I can just hit the shady button, but when they walk up to the door, you can trying just to decline sell them. them. You can just, just like, like, nah, I don't got time. Here. Literally just shut the it, door. Oh no no yeah that's about how it goes but maybe not in that tone. And then he and then oh, he oh. and then after he closes the door he feels bad and cries. That's what happens here. Seriously, no, a scolding. <laughs> it's a scolding. That, that's how Indiana it works over here. We're really kind. We're like, oh, now I feel bad. I close the door. I don't. Oh man, so is that what you books. do also for the girls' cow cookies? <laughs> no. Oh, he shuts them down. No, he's like, you see the ghost listening sign down the street, ma'am. <laughs> March your ass back down there and read that oh, sign. <laughs> You're in at least fifth grade. You can read, right? They're not getting hey, to the door. He's he. That is not true. I guarantee I you, he Scott buys Girl Scout cookies. I might be kidding a little bit. <laughs> that's his. That's his <laughs> advice right there. You're like Girl Scout cookies. All right. All right. Encyclopedia is a different story. Maybe some of them some others. <laughs> yeah, you grew up with it. You yeah. kind of. It's very un-American if you're not a girl kind of thing yeah. for people to kind of do. Also, like the lemonade stands. Whole bunch of them over here. Yeah, me and Paul, we just stopped at Lemonade Stand. What about a couple weeks ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago, I I was actually coming over to to do the podcast, and uh, and then we were, or no, we were going somewhere. We were traveling over to uh, Ohio, and uh, on the way in, I saw a, a young lady had a, a lemonade stand, and as we were leaving, I was like, "Hey, we gotta, mm-hmm. hey, this is everyday America. We gotta support this entrepreneur out here." And she only priced hey. lemonade at seventy five cents, but we gave her five dollars each. Yeah, so we dropped a ten spot. We dropped a yeah. ten spot, you know, yeah. because you know, I just like the effort. That's my if she's willing to put a lemonade stand up. And then what was funny is I came back the following <laughs> week. She was out there again. I'm like, Oh, you're not getting me twice now. <laughs> Paul wow. the lemonade wow. wasn't that good. Drop the dime on her. <laughs> I get I get it. I dig it. <laughs> 
so what kind of so you're a chef right so um, where do you now like, I, I can't necessarily chef, tell you exactly you where in? because of the the whole logistics of what i've you know yeah, yeah, yeah. signed my life away but i uh, i'm a chef at a seafood restaurant yeah i've been there for six years at least for this location okay, nice uh, but all in total i have 18 years experience So let me ask you, in your restaurant, because I just found this out in uh, Mississippi. I went to Mississippi mm-hmm. to a seafood restaurant. I ordered the shrimp, and they came oh, yeah, that great. with the eyeballs and the neck no. and the and, <laughs> no. and the thingy fin- and the <laughs> no. stingers on. Now here in Indiana, we don't deal with that. You know, no, it's man. already all peeled and all that good stuff. But so that was the first time I'd encountered that. that. Is, is that pretty normal because, um, or standard? There's, or? there's two different types of cuisines, right? <laughs> there's there's American edible, cuisine edible. where you kind of, it's like kind of tailored <laughs> for the non um the squeamish stomachs right and then there's the the non-American where everything else is normal besides <laughs> butt you know what I'm saying so having uh, a shrimp like with its whole yeah. head delivered to you uh, in other cuisines the head is actually prized for its um for its flavor because that's where all the the membranes are you know all the good parts. You, you, you don't necessarily have to eat it. You can. It's edible. But you what you would do is you would switch it off and then you'd kind of suck on it to get all the juices out. Yeah, like a crawdad. Like, like a crawdad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that ain't so bad. I'm not afraid to admit this, but right, I, I mean, asked the waitress to yeah. take all the heads off for me. <laughs> no joke. With tears in his eyes. I, it, was, it was not happening. It's like, it's hey, like, can you get uh, this off for me? Have you ever had a crawdad? No. I, it's a little bit of a do I look eat. like a fish? <laughs> no. Okay. I yes. don't eat crawl dad then. All right. That's fair. But one thing I did love, we were in New Orleans as well, and we had a, a crab broil. Those are fantastic. Like like real crab broil down in Louisiana, not one that you go to Red Lobster or some other you know, place. Like the legit probably came out of the sea right next door. I'm sure in Jersey, you probably get yeah. that kind of stuff because you're right there. You know what I mean? We, You, you probably get better seafood there instead of us getting uh, the stuff that we get shipped mm-hmm. here. So like if you're, Lobster if you're predominantly down a shore, like yeah. Asbury park ish, or like just down, literally just down by the shore. Um, all those cuisines are so normal because they get it right off of the docks right there. And it's from fresh. We do have a boil, like a boil recipe right. sort of in my restaurant. We call it lobster bake. So it's a half a pound of mussels, half a pound of steamer clams that gets boiled with the whole lobster. And then it gets corn and um, all wrapped up in um, a whole like tin and then also chorizo uh, that comes with it. So that's like the whole meal that will come to you. Yeah, sounds $65. I'm hungry, by the way. So what I really also enjoyed while we were in New Orleans was they had a huge table with a hole in the center. So you would just like eat and throw it down in the trash can. You know what I mean? Just dump it on a huge table. You know, here it comes on plates yeah. and stuff like that. So it's a lot different. But, you know, I just I, I feel like, you know, what I'm really interested in, and I'm sure you 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 encounter this as being a, a chef is I've been here recently been very interested in just different people's cultures. You know, like um, we just uh, NBA draft. We just drafted a, a player for the Pacers. Georgia. Mm-hmm. His name is uh, Gogo Goga. Goga. And he is from Georgia. Yeah. So they someone asked him on an interview, like what was some of the. Uh, food that he liked to eat and he he was talking about like their most common food is like 
raw eggs dipped in cheese and some other stuff. And the guy's like, oh, that's just terrible. And he's like, oh, well, you know, that's normal here for, yeah, yeah. for us. So I'm very interested in those different kinds of cultures and stuff. And I think being a chef, obviously, you get to be have more exposure to that. But, you know, just even as something simple as a crab broil, how they do it no, is no, absolutely. more fun down and in the south not, than it is here. It's not all that weird, actually, to feel like that. Because, like I said, uh, the way our cuisine here in America, and I'm saying here as Americans, it's not so broad enough that everyone kind of gets the gist of what everybody else is doing. So if, if I were to ask you, have you guys ever eaten offal pieces? Do you know what that is? Okay, so offal just means all the it. guts and livers and all that junk on animals. So like the like the tripe, the the stomach, the the heart, um, the rib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a hot dog. My, yeah. My father and, and all those all pieces aren't really normal per se here, right? But on every other cuisine away from the, the United States, that is a normal cuisine. Like every household has had that. So it's just a different, it's just all perspective. That's all it is. Absolutely. So so you're saying cuisine is not as diverse? Because I would think with all the diverse cultures coming into America that overall, I think that we're probably oh, no, pretty diverse, diverse in food. food. But again, I'm not he is diverse in food, but I was just saying mostly in preparation of it. So if you were to ask in a, gotcha. an actual American and not ones from that came over Americans, but once I grew up here, right, right, right. right? If you were to say, how do you prepare chicken? Or rather, let, let's do a little thing. How would you prepare chicken? Hey, Ashley, I yeah. want chicken tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is that your wife's name? You're just like, hey, can you please make me chicken? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, actually, funny enough, I I was a chef before, mm. paid chef, actually. You were? I was, actually. I can see you in so, a little chef's hat. No okay. Case, so, just, so what I would do if I was making some chicken, I would do some boneless, skinless chicken breasts. I would do some, like, chicken stuff in a can, maybe. That would mm. probably what I would do now. Not maybe as the paid chef, but, you know, get some chicken Was this at McDonald's in a can. by chance? I was a, I was a grillman at McDonald's <laughs> once upon a time. A grillman? Sort of like a sandwich artist. That's like a sandwich that artist. A, <laughs> Not to be a dick. Is that it, a thing? A yeah. sandwich artist. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Subway. Subway. That's yeah. sandwich artist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> so, so just in general, I throw some pepper and some salt, and uh, that would be how to answer your question. That would probably be how I would prepare it: bake it, bake the chicken uh, breast. See, I was, I was, I was going more literal. I would literally be like, I take the chicken. I then, you know, skewer it ahead. I, I boil it. Once it puffs up, you then take out all the feathers. And then once it kind of takes off, you take off the uh, the feet first because that's how you usually prepare it. You then open up the stomach. You take all the guts out. And then you fillet it, a French fillet from the inside out so you can see everything. And then from there, you, you portion all the pieces. That's how a normal cuisine uh, would be if you were to ask like a farmer boy, out in like Ukraine or some junk or somebody from China. Oh, this yeah, is how yeah. they would prepare a chicken. They know it, it comes from their farm. Yep. They literally will kill it. It's their livestock. So that's what I mean yep. by being an American. It's just we're kind of skipping steps to to get to the to the end product, whereas other places literally takes it from zero and then to the end product that we get. But it like I said, perspective. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here it's more mm-hmm. service, right? That's your job exists because we have that expectation, right? Uh, people can go to the restaurant; it's already prepared. You go to the the store; most of it's already prepared because you know there's competition mm-hmm. there, right? If I'm selling chickens, uh, which chickens are going to sell at the Walmart or the local grocery? You know, the chicken with all the feathers <laughs> on it, or the chicken that's already cut and you know diced and all that stuff. So, you know, I think it. Yeah, yeah. it's a great point. And, and to follow up with that, you know, talking about the farmer that cuts its own chicken. That's why they use mm-hmm. the heart and the liver and the that, other stuff because they, they have to use everything, you know, in, in one form or fashion. Well, they don't use everything. And I was, Casey, I was going to ask you something about this uh, a little bit today. So, and you probably know more about this than I, I know that you know more about this than I do. Um, but I was reading like the percentage of different animals and things that you can actually mm-hmm. use. And it was like, I'll mess this up, but it was like, chickens are like 40% pigs are like 50% or vice versa or something like that. And then insects are like 80, 90%. Have you ever cooked? Yeah. So if I were to break it down, uh, pork is a hundred percent. You can use it from head to toe, literally head to toe. The only thing that you cannot eat that has a different protein that doesn't really break down too much is the actual toe, like the, like the hoof. That one you can't eat, but everything else on a pork is a hundred percent cow, just about 85% you can uh, is edible. Once you get to the, the head part, it's it's just bits and pieces that you can get to. Um, sometimes you can, you, you can, yeah, eat yeah you tongue. can eat their tongue, but like the eyeballs also, that's fine. Uh, the cheeks. But like their bones yeah, like, and I'm stuff. I'm talking about though, the bones right? and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. eat that. Um, goat is just about 70%. Uh, there's something about once you kind of kill it, um, there's a fast um, metabolism that happens that you're not able to harvest it as quick. Also, yeah, yeah. Really? Also in the same token as, um, if you were to eat, uh, venison, like if you don't kill it, kill it properly, that piece of meat or where that area is, is pretty much inedible because all the, like the, um, like the bacteria that kind of spreads. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Deer. We hunt a lot of deer. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's a lot of that bugs. It's typically a hundred percent. Uh, it just depends what kind is the grasshoppers are really common in the Philippines or in Asian cuisine. Um, they're a hundred percent. Um, you can also get the stag beetles or arachnids in, uh, in Africa and they're just about, uh, 85%, 90%. So it just depends on what it is, but most animals are 70 to 90% edible, but the pork is my favorite. And that's a hundred percent. You can eat from head to toe. Absolutely, but not the bones, though, not right? the like bones. The skull. Bones. But you yeah. can break it down. It is it is able yeah, to be broken down. Stuff. That's you can, awesome. You can you can put the bones in and use get a nice broth out of it, though. Yeah, I had a friend. So, I mean, from it's the, usable. Yeah, I had a friend from the Ivory Coast. Uh, he was migrated over, or whatever. But I was over at his house one day, and this is like ten years ago, twelve years ago. But he's like, "Hey, Travis, you know, check out this this stew that I mm-hmm. have, right?" Man, one, it was like the hottest thing I ever ate in my life. (laughs) I mean, regrets all over. But two, like, he just threw the whole, like, chicken thing in there. There's bones and everything in there. He didn't pick pick it apart. I'm, like, like, digging in, you know, real fast. Like, oh, this is probably all prepared and stuff. And I, like, (laughs) chomped down on a big old, like, chicken bone. (laughs) Damn, man. Now, warn me. One of the things that we liked down in New Orleans was the uh, alligator. Ooh, I haven't yet tried it. I want to try it. Have you have you worked with alligator or anything like that? But I heard it was delicious, and that's all. I'm all about it. 
isn't it like tough? Every time I've had alligator, it's been real. Where have you had it? Chewy. At Red Lobster or Just like, like Florida? Let's not name names. <laughs> Let's not I mean, name them. I don't know where Casey works, right? We don't want to get him in trouble. I'm right? just saying. Most awkward thing is when you have somebody on the show and they start talking about your place of <laughs> work. Yeah. That has that has never happened before. <laughs> we can okay. that out. Maybe it. <laughs> I'm I'm part corporate, so uh, like I said, I'm a seafood restaurant. I can't tell you where it is, but. Yep. Um. A quick question for you, and kind of curious: Do you guys eat Jello? Every once in a while, I mean, I don't seek it out. Not since Bill Cosby got arrested, <laughs> to be honest with you. you know, kind of and here's a here's a big do you know? Do you know that Jello is made out of bones? Did not. No, yeah, yeah. Like that. if you read it, like the fine line of it, the the bone marrow. Once you're breaking it down, that's what gives it that consistency. That's why Jello um, sets really well. That's bone marrow. So is that That's good for you or bad for you? Or you? I don't good. know what you're trying to I'm just, to right now, <laughs> I'm just trying to say uh, I'm you should be more mindful on what you kind of eat and actually know. But typically, like uh, we get this a lot. Um, if somebody is allergic uh, or ag- actually they're vegan and we have like some kind of preparation that I use bone marrow. And like if I use like a gelée, which is half jello, I can't serve it to them because it's made of uh, beef bones. So Jello is good for yeah. us then, but it's made, it's made out of bones. Yeah, bones. and I disagree with you. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I mean, as long as it tastes good, I don't need to know. <laughs> I just I don't need to know. I'm paying. Oh, for Travis, it because I don't want to no, know. No, I get it. Well, and we'll actually get to that now. If <laughs> we can keep on going around and around, it's absolutely amazing. Now, really quickly, what do you guys absolutely refuse to eat? I won't eat cow. Really? Pie. No. Like I wouldn't eat all. that, or spiders, or bugs, or grasshoppers, or testicles. Just I wouldn't eat testicles. Mountain oysters, I believe, is what they call oysters. Yeah, yes. Principle. I just <laughs> had a principle. I don't care if they're the most delicious thing on earth. Just but principle. I'm going to be honest with you, though. I want to give you something real, though. I, I won't eat did. broccoli. I won't yeah, eat broccoli. Yeah, like that. It just nasty. I don't know. It just looks dumb and smells nasty. All right, all right. We're going with real, but Let's for real, real, I would, I mean, not, eat I would not eat any testicles or so any just, bugs or anything <laughs> like that. I mean. I agree, but now for the if sake you of do conversation, it's okay. I don't mind. Yeah. You know, no, I, I wouldn't eat broccoli just for whatever reason. I don't. I just don't like it. Mine's Skyline Chili. I got food poisoning once off Skyline. I know we're not wow. naming names. Just but throwing Skyline it out there. Chili is the Skyline Chili wiped out. <laughs> Devil. Just get a lecture about this from you. I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So I, yeah, broccoli and like asparagus, maybe even too. I mean, some oh, real weird so good, stuff. Though, like, man. Cauliflower won't is eat it that. Because it's green. Else. Is that what's putting you off? No, but you know, I like some green drinks. Like I'll make green <laughs> drinks for the cows come stuff. You know what I mean? It's got it all blended in and it tastes it tastes like garbage, it but it tastes really good. I think it's a texture thing and just a smell thing. Like broccoli stinks None sometimes, right? I mean, yeah, broccoli sucks, yeah. Yeah. Or okay. celery, I won't eat that. My son won't eat mashed potatoes. Well, that's just weird. Never since I mean texture, he would be like one year old now. Is that Sorry? texture? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My son was the same way. He he likes it now. Really? Yeah. Try. What do you say? Date. Try what? Make like smashed yeah, like smash potatoes. potatoes instead of mashed. Because uh, some of the times uh, when you're younger, and I know this is kind of a nerky thing, and you grow out of it every once in a while. But my absolute hated food of all time is okra, because of one, it doesn't look appealing. Two, the consistency is like burgers. 
right? It's disgusting. Yep. It's just gooey. But it's perfect if you're trying to make something thicker. It's a natural thickener. Uh, I don't know when that. I was younger, my grandmother served me a, a bowl of soup. I didn't know any better. I ate it. But after the first bite, I spat the damn thing out. And I'm like, la, what the hell is this? <laughs> She's laughing at me. I'm like, that's not funny. Like, what? what is this? I, I cannot. I cannot eat it. There's something about it. She goes, it's okra. I looked at my grandfather now. Just a little backstory. Uh, our family, if you if you do not finish your food, it will be there the next morning, and then the morning after that until you finish it. No yeah, choice. you had no choice. I we, nobody had a choice. You literally had to finish the food. This is the one day. Never had three days. Okay. Oh, no, no. Sorry, I was like, I looked at my grandfather. I was like, I was like, I I don't care if you whoop me a hundred times. I will not touch this. This is this. You're like, can I get a lifeline here? I need a. Like, friend? Ochre lifeline. You got a dog in the house? He looked like, at it. The- he looked at it and he goes, he hit it and it didn't jiggle. It was just a viscous thing. <laughs> he looked at my grandmother and he goes, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then that was that. That was Ever since then, I'm scarred. I cannot, that consistency to me, it's me. Yeah. So for a younger kid, uh, mashed potatoes kind of gives off the same the same mouthfeel. So kind of ease them into it. I, I even suggest don't even give it mashed potatoes. So there are 15 or 16, but try smashed potatoes. Um, if, if they still reject that pan fry the smashed potatoes. So it gets a little crust. And I, and I can assure you that they will like that a little better. He likes French there fries. There you go. It's the, he it's likes just texture. Fries. Yeah, absolutely. Okra is horrible okay, too. Disgusting. I mean, just, Sometimes when it's fried, if it's done about perfect, you can get rid of all of that texture. But yeah, it's real hard. It's, it can get it's real good. bad. Now, now here's the one thing I will say though. I mentioned you know celery and different stuff like that. Now, my wife on occasion has made like chili and put celery in. I'll eat the crap out of it mm. for, for whatever reason. Just like raw celery or raw stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it's like kind of mixed in there and I don't really know about what it is, then I don't care. I'll just no. Eat it, I got it. Know. So it might be more of a visual thing. It's a visual thing for sure. I'm not. It, it falls in the category with spiders and bars. I'm not eating it. It's PTSD, look. bro. It's okay. That is fine. <laughs> now, um, what about? What are some of the? What's your favorite thing to cook? I mean, like uh, just overall, whether it's whether it's where where you work or just in general. Like if if you went on Hell's Kitchen, for example, and and Chef Ramsay's like, hey, Make you know, favorite dish. Yeah. What do you? What do you? What are you gonna do? Ramen. Ramen noodles sounds delicious. ramen like just straight up the ramen like the actual meal like in a in a stew in a bowl the whole preparation. My absolute favorite food is ramen. Are you talking about ramen noodles like eighty seven cents at the store? No, I'm talking about like the ramen bowl like the meal like with uh, the yeah, yeah, miso yeah. stock, the the prepared soba noodles or the the linguine noodles or whatever the hell they use there. You would and make your own noodles, I would right? Literally, yeah, I would make that dish from head to toe. If somebody so, asked me, yeah, yeah, there's like a noodle place, uh, the Slippery Turtle, I think, up the in Slippery Chicago. Slippery Turtle. Uh, do you know this? I did not. Well, I'm gonna look it up right now because I think you're lying. Slippery. <laughs> what the frick? It would be the first line I ever told. <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> is it? The Slippery Turtle in Chicago. Well, I don't know. I think that they made ramen. It was really good. Um, but I like pho. Oh, pho, like great. The, the, what the pho is that? It's oh, delicious. It says slurping turtle is closing in Chicago's uh, river north. 
Oh, right. Slurping Turtle. Slurping. Wait, slurping. slurping. Yeah. Oh, they're opening up rebranding under Slippery, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you got inside information right there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's Slippery Turtle. No way. There's no way. That's okay. pretty close. That's pretty close. That is pretty damn close. But ramen for me is the the number one food um, that I would make over and over. I just love it. Have you ever have you ever thought about going on a show like that, doing um, something like that with Chef Ramsey or oh. something other? Yeah, yeah. I actually applied for Chopped a long time ago. I'm that looks about, hard. Yeah, a long. I want to say nine years ago. Yeah, I want to say nine years ago, and I actually got to. The um, because there's three stages. There's one you kind of you you send your form and everything. I passed that. The second, they kind of face interview you. I I got there, but then when I was signing contracts, there was a uh, one line there. They're saying um, if you work for a company and everything, you need to have a, a signed release. So I gave that to my um to my supervisor, and they're like um just because of the way my company is set up. Um, I wasn't allowed to be on a show because they couldn't, they weren't allowed to broadcast it, even though it would even benefit uh, the restaurant. So I wasn't able to. Same re- same restaurant you're with now? Mm-hmm. Okay. I won't put it down too much, but I disagree strongly. <laughs> I think it's just logistics or some junk, just in case, you know, whatever. They don't want notoriety or some junk like that. But I, I would I would assume they want the business. It's kind of sure. cool, you know, like, oh my God. Yeah, he... He was that guy from Chopped, and then this is the restaurant that he works for, blah, blah, blah. That's right. Upper management just crushing dreams all day. <laughs> That's all they do. That's all upper management oh, ever you got does. a dream? You poor son of a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like, this was before I was head chef, though. So I was um, I was training key associate. Gotcha. Nice. So well, I, do you I, like watching those shows? Do you, I, I love uh, Chef Chopped. He's amazing. Chopped is my favorite. Um, next to like Iron Chef. Iron Chef is like a given. The original Iron Chef aired... I think between 19, 1991 to like 99 or some junk. That was like the original one. Is that the OG of cooking the shows? The OG of cooking shows, yeah. The the original Asian one before um, Iron Chef America kind of came about and Masaharu Morimoto came over here. But um, back in the Philippines, it was all subtitled. Uh, it was in Chinese or it was in Japanese. And then you just kind of – there's only three chefs – and they are badass. I love that show um, next to Chopped. But I, I love Gordon Ramsay also. Yeah, he definitely, you know, all those shows were, you know, out there before. But would you agree that Chef Ramsay kind of put a bigger spotlight on those? I mean, he was the first guy to like land a Fox deal. And then, you know, how he how he was doing on those shows really launched even more shows would you agree with that or was there oh, something absolutely. else you think i mean chopped is like the original and iron chef and those were the originals but those like you said were more you know harder to find kind of situations but when ramsey kind of came along and made that happen do you what are your what is your opinion on that is that accurate would you say it is 100 percent accurate because one they finally saw somebody in the kitchen an actual kitchen person uh doing the line so it's I don't want to condone what he does because I, I don't appreciate him just kind of calling him out on the line like that. I, I don't agree with that. But to a point, though, and I, I kind of always explain this for people that bring it up. His plates are three to four hundred dollars a plate. Just let that sink in. That one dish that's coming out to those shows, like his Hell's Kitchen show. Yeah. Uh, it's months in um, 
I think it's like six months for you to get in there, even if you get in there. And it's $500 for the four course meal that you're going to have. So literally $100 a damn plate. Jeez. One of If one of my cooks fucks up my steak or one of my Wellingtons or my sea bass and I'm paying $100 a plate, I will lose my shirt. It's the same thing. I don't yeah. care if it's a $5 macaroni and cheese. I'm coming hey, back there. I've seen people get mad at the $2.99 McDonald's menu. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I get it. You've seen the Michael Douglas movie. Yeah. I'm just saying. They throw it back across yeah. the counter. Like, no, on, but you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, that's the thing, though, is that some of those other shows that we talked about, Chopped and different things like that, those were more technically sound, mm-hmm. you know, cooking shows where um chef ramsey started providing the entertainment aspect as well as that yeah. other stuff too do you know does that make sense yeah i do and uh once they saw him they're like oh my god we need more of this exactly yeah broader audience as travis yeah. said kind of what we're doing here at everyday america right I mean, we're getting broader audience right now i know it's awesome like i i listened to i forget which episode it was but you guys are hilarious that's why i love i love it when there's co-hosts or there's another person like you're talking to. So on Mondays, uh, I do the uh, chef's meal live in a restaurant where I talk with my sous chef on what happens during the week. And uh-huh. we just kind of go back and forth. Obviously, we can't name our employees or, or yeah. where we work or whatever. But we we make fun out of the hell out of them. Sure. You know, like this one cook cannot do this. You know, you can't go from left to right without having to turn, you know, two ways or some junk or how messy his stuff is. Uh, <laughs> but it's fun. It's really fun when you get somebody to kind of jive with you. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. Well, thank you. We definitely appreciate that. And, and once again, these are the same conversations like you're talking about with your sous chef. These are the same conversations that we have, you know, outside of this. So why not record it and let people hear about it and share their opinion on it? You know what I mean? I think that's, that makes podcasting even more fun. It's super fun. Like you said that you're interviewing podcasters from all over. I mean, you're just meeting these new people, different little angles, different this, different that. I th- I think that's the most rewarding part of it for me, just listening to new people and just learning and, and growing. And mm-hmm. I get to yell at Paul. Paul gets to yell at me. We're like, <laughs> shots fired, and that's okay. I know, sense. right? Isn't it so much fun? But I get to learn about what you guys eat. And that's I'm more interested about that because – a lot of people don't really know how to eat, and that's a that's a hard concept to kind of wrap around. Um, so much, so there's a lot of people that just kind of go the the fast food route, and it's okay to a point. But I'll, at some point, you want to be able to cook for yourself and for your offsprings, you know. Um, but what are you gonna do if you don't know how to? Like you're you're just gonna keep on buying fast food for the rest of your life. I mean, if you have the money, sure. Well, you know, that's a great point. I, I know there's lots of documentaries out there and a lot of people don't like to watch them. I love documentaries, but like Food Inc. is a good example if you've seen mm. that one or Where the F Has My Food Come From is yeah, another yeah. one. Um, I mean, just stuff like that that is just very eye-opening, not just, you know, a lot of people watch those for like the animal cruelty part, and I get that part. But more importantly, you know, if people knew, like in the Food Inc. one, for example, um, as your steak gets cut from certain places right before it gets packaged in order to be red, it gets like dipped in like bleach and then packaged that gives it that Mm -hmm. nice color. So when you go to the the grocery store and you're like, look how red and nice this thing. Yeah. Because it's got ammonia in it and bleach. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you knew that, if it said that you'd be like, well, I'm not going to buy that. That's I'd rather take this darker one. That's got less ammonia and less. you know, does that make, you know, people get, don't understand 
that it's just the the perception of what it looks like. Oh man, that looks nice and juicy right there. Yeah, it does. It's got all kinds of chemicals and crap that are making it look that color and hold that hold that. So the the best um, the best not exercise, but the best example I can give somebody that kind of will give them a jolt is if they're eating chicken. Uh, ask them if they've ever purchased organic chicken, and it needs to be USDA approved organic. I don't know if you guys knew. Uh, there's different levels of uh, set percentage on food. Like if someone were to just say uh, farm raised chicken, that's that's like forty percent true. It, it's still farm raised, but what the processes are different from what it is. And then there's the organic chicken that steps up to seventy percent of what happens when they're raising the chicken. And then there's the USDA approved organic uh, chicken or whatever it is that's just about 90% um, done. So there's different levels to, uh, to that word. And it, the, the U.S. is uh, the way, um, I forget, the, uh, the USDA just words them ever so slightly that it confuses you. So you don't really necessarily know what it is, but only people like, like myself would know what it is. Um, and it's sketchy of them to do that, but there's definitely different levels. But to my point, have somebody that eats chicken a lot buy the USDA grade. I can guarantee you the first thing they're going to say, I paid $19 for what? Because the chicken is small. Like I'm talking about. Right. Because it's, it's all jacked it's up. It's not jacked up. Uh, it's not yeah. jacked up. It's literally, it's almost like a flat piece of breast. That That's what that chicken is. And you're looking at it. But it's and you're like, what is going on? Like I can get like for $5, I can get like seven of these. And it's the heifer ones. But for 19 bucks, I'm paying for this little piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, to, to your point there, um, salmon is one that I always look yeah. at because salmon, they put farm-raised on there, right? Mm-hmm. And that sounds like it's a good, oh, man, this farm-raised, really it, it must be it. Yeah, but that's not the one you want, right? <laughs> salmon you want the fresh ocean or whatever. I can't remember exactly, but that's always, a, that's always a, how you're talking about with the wording. You think if it's farm raised, you know, like, oh, that's that's that makes sense. That's what I want to get, you know, because it says organic farm raised or whatever. But that's the worst one you can possibly get. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think you make a great point about, you know, organic and stuff. And around here, the best way that I can equate that to is, you know, we have obviously a lot of farmers in the, in Indiana, but we have the hunters, too, that I was. Mm. about. We have a lot of purists there. So they're, you know, they go out and hunt and then the, a lot of them will clean it themselves. So it's like, a mm. percent. you know what I mean? Caught wild. Uh, and, you know, they're always big. And the big topic is, well, you know, what happens when, you know, the economy crashes and you can't buy food? You know, you want your children to be able to grow vegetables in the garden. You want them to be able to hunt. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how well you can cook if you can't hunt, if you can't grow food. You know, so it's just interesting to hear, you know, the the chef's perspective. And then I'm kind of tying it into what everybody talks about around here you well, know, and- in regards to being self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tra- Travis, great point, because one thing I talk about with a lot of my friends and stuff is back in the day here in Indiana, at least uh, people used to grow tomatoes and then they would uh, I'm not sure the word, but they'd put them into jars and they still would, do. They would, yeah. Well, pickle them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pickle, OK, they still do, but not like it used to be. No, right. No. So then by the time the next set of generation that doesn't know how to do it does, we'll never do that. You know, like. Yeah. My kids will never do that. My kids' generation won't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, those things get lost around the, along the way to where when it gets to a point like you're talking about, they'll, they'll try, be trying to figure out 
things that they don't even understand. Absolutely. You would go in my yeah. grandma's house when I was growing up. It'd be absolutely green beans in the mason jars, the mm. tacos, the salsas, whatever the, it is. The jam and jelly, yep. homemade jam and jelly. Oh, man, that's so you can't beat that stuff. You really can't. I always equate it to there's nothing better than food that's grown with your hands or something that you prepared yourself or hunted yourself because the satisfaction and the knowledge that that came from one source and you yourself is experiencing all of that is something else to behold. I think that's just a natural connection, right? I mean, that's, you know, at a basic level as human beings, you know, it's just that connection with your food is it can make a big difference. Absolutely. Now, um, do you, are you guys, uh, have you guys ever tried vegetarian or vegan? No, I, I you know, I eat vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Me, vegan, uh, you know, we, it's probably, I probably don't have a very popular opinion on it, but, uh, Paul. Um, no, I've never, I've never tried it specifically, uh, for a time frame, but I used to work for a company that was, uh, all vegetarian and vegans essentially. And they used to get mad because I'd bring my steak in and put it in the microwave and heat it up, eat it. I, unbeknown, just being not on purpose, just uh -huh. that's just what I ate, right? So, but I did give, uh, you know, soy a try and uh, mm -hmm. some of that curry. Uh, what is that stuff called? The um, dang it, kimchi. What is it? Kimchi. Uh, are, you, are you going Asian on me? Is that what it is? No, it's not. Eight, well, kind of tofu. Yeah. yeah tofu and then uh some of the like tofu that's got like bumps on it i can't remember the specific name but molded tofu i tried to eat some, molded tofu. i tried to eat that stuff and it's just like I, it's like eating nothing it was like so i have to eat four or five times a day just to get the same thing i'm like i'll eat the half the steak and be good for like three hours but you're you know skinny what i mean if all you got to eat is tofu <laughs> but but that's the, but here's the thing though you know in my opinion that, there's nothing wrong with eating that way i know a lot of people that do um uh i I'm a part of a Tony Robbins groups and a lot of them eat very, very healthy and eat specifically vegan and all that stuff. And some people do it for different reasons. Some do it for health mm -hmm. reasons. Some do it for not wanting to hurt animals. Some do it for what, you know, whatever you want to do it for. And I support all of that. It's just not for me because I like to be full when I eat. I don't want to eat all day. I don't want to plan these snacks and meals and I need to have this many thing. I'm just going to eat. My body's going to process it and it's going to taste good. And then I'm going to move on with my day. See, if only if you ate broccoli, though, broccoli would fill that gap so good. <laughs> but I know you hate it. I mean, I'm down to try anything, but <laughs> I've never actually tried broccoli. It just looks disgusting. Okay, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to ask your wife or your partner, right? And this is what you I'm going to actually going to write out a recipe for you underneath in a little bit. You're going to take the broccoli. You're going to blanch it. All right, it's a quick preparation. Uh, get boiling water cook it for a minute in that boiling water. Take it out, heat up a pan, uh, put a little bit of oil. It has to be canola, not olive oil, because olive oil burns uh, on high heat. Canola doesn't. It'll take a while. Um, once it kind of gets going, you're going to take a little bit of garlic and shallots. Just toss it in there. And then you're going to take your broccoli. You're going to saute it in this oil thing. Salt, pepper. And then somebody, for the love of God, just get like a blindfold on you. <laughs> So you have no idea what the hell's going on, like you're about to partake. That's a good idea. And just somebody feed you that broccoli. And I, I can guarantee you right now, you're going to be like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? I need this in my life. Now, now let me, I, that's a great idea. But I, I do want to ask you something, though. Aren't, aren't there some plants that are not good for us to eat? Meaning, if I remember right, there was a couple plants that were like, 
um, when your digestive system hits them, it, it kind of like creates poison ivy inside of your stomach, like oats and stuff like that. It's um, you're that's more um closely for uh, like horseradishes, uh, like um, or like wasabi or so or something like that. In 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 adverse proportions, I'm talking about gallons, right? Right. Or maybe three cups in one serving, that can actually kill you because what it's doing is it's sucking out all the water in your body. And it's dehydrating you in such a fast pace that you're not able to keep up with it, and you'll just keel over. And when that gets down into your digestive tract, obviously, it's very mm. hard to get out, right? It's, yeah, it's rashes in there and whatever. It's uh, that's why it's that's one of those kind of iffy thing. But horseradish, at least for Asian cuisine, is so normal because we we pretty much put wasabi and horseradish on everything. That's because. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say um. I was going to tangent into, did you guys know why we use wasabi to begin with? No. Nope. During World War, or during World War, when we got bombed, uh, or rather not we, but, you know, uh, when Japan got bombed, um, they needed a way to get the the toxins out of the fish. And they found out that wasabi killed most of all the toxins that are on the fish, or most of all the bacteria and the, the living things that are on it, like worms or whatever the hell it is. That's why we use wasabi so much in Japanese cuisine. And is it because a lot of it is raw, right? So that's why mm-hmm. wasabi most of it is raw. Be- wasabi, when you put it on it, it kills it. Yeah, kills the bacteria. That's nothing else I would not definitely try. My wife loves a ton. <laughs> it's uh, sushi. Love it. Uh, different stuff. So good. And I'm, I'm out. Paul's a five-year-old. It- Yo, somebody just take Paul out, hey. man. Just like blindfold him, Listen, like straight up. Joke. We go, we have a place here where I live. It's called Frosty Boy. Anyone in this area or Indiana knows it. It's a fantastic ice cream place. They have mm. flavor of every kind of shake and chocolate. and It's really trash. You know, you would, sundaes yeah. <laughs> and everything that you would want, right? I go there and I get a vanilla milkshake. No joke. Every time. Wow. Because it's, that's what I like. Is it? I mean, hey, to each of their own, but I think you're. You you just like what you like. That's all. I, I like what I like. That's, That's a great way to put it. Very true. So are are you vegan, Casey? What you brought it up. So I were- I do I do the eighty twenty. So I I mention it only because um I, I'm always curious of what how people eat. But my wife and I started it this year pretty much. We bought it I think seven months now. Eighty percent plant based, twenty percent everything else. So four of our four of our five meals per week will be just revolving around uh, plant-based stuff. So a lot of tofu, uh, some salads, uh, broccoli, all pretty much all veggies. And you're consuming it like the regular portions. Like, I don't know if you knew, you need to have like six to eight portions of vegetables a day. You threw the broccoli in there just to make me mad. Dude. <laughs> I did actually. You haven't eaten broccoli in two months and you know. I really, I really did. But it doesn't have to be broccoli. It can be, you know, asparagus, mushrooms, whatever the hell you want. But Four out of the five meals, um, plant-based, and uh, also nuts also to provide you the protein. And then the the two to three other meals, pretty much like on the weekend or any other, what we call weekends will be like Monday, Tuesday, or uh, Thursday, Friday, because my weekends in a, in a restaurant is weird. Yeah, I don't have fr- uh, Saturday, Sunday. That's my busiest days in the restaurant. Like I'm working on those days. For sure. My, my Saturday, Sunday will be like Monday, Tuesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, or uh, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is. Well, let me. But it just can't be the week. It just can't be the weekend. Let me ask you. Um, how do you feel about intermittent fasting? I was actually just. I, I was going to tangent it because I also do intermittent fasting, 
So I don't eat. I stop eating at 6 p.m. every day, and then I resume eating at 11 a.m. the next day. Yeah, and and so for the people that don't know why that's good for you, do you want to explain why that is? Your body doesn't necessarily need that amount of calories nor the amount of food that you're intaking. It can actually burn it off in itself in a 16-hour period. So all you really need is eight hours of fuel, and then the rest of it, your body can sustain you. That's what intermittent fasting is. And a big part of that is the insulin intake, correct? You're letting your body... Mm -hmm. So, so for people to think about it, and maybe I'm not explaining it the right way, so you could help me with that. But so you take a, a diabetic, for example, that has to shoot them their uh, shoot an insulin to help their body kind of come out of whatever is happening to them. It, mm-hmm. We get that basic insulin from our food that we eat, but a lot of times we don't allow that insulin to do its proper work because we either put food on top of it or you know uh, do other stuff, don't eat the right foods, different things like that, that shut our system down from u- utilizing that insulin the proper way. So by, mm-hmm. by leaving that space in between, it allows your body to utilize your food the way it should be. Wow. Good job. That was a, that's a well done explanation. I applaud you for that one. Too. Well, and I got something else that's pretty interesting too, that people don't realize is that technically, and uh, you know, once again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the people should be eating most things water-based. That's why you do the 80% plants, right? Because you get a lot of water based mm-hmm. because our body's made up of 80% water. So if we're feeding ourselves with the water, we shouldn't be drinking while we're eating. Because what happens is what people don't realize is that when you take a bite of food, so when you take a bite of food, your body saliva starts like processing to try to break that food down immediately. Well, then we take a drink mm-hmm. of something and what happens? We wash that saliva away. So then you take another bite mm-hmm. and the saliva work and your body's working really hard to generate the saliva, but people are drinking while they're eating. You're just basically going against the process until later at night when you're asleep and your body's like, okay, is he done? You know, now I can start my process. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. what people don't understand, but if you're eating like McDonald's, for example, it's a greasy, salty thing. You're going to, you have to drink because your body is not <laughs> able to process that. So you're you're working against yourself a lot of times. Would you agree with that? Or have you heard that before? No, I, I have hundred percent. And it's not every, everyone's body is different to, sure. uh, to an extent. Absolutely. So, but in a generalized term, that is correct. Yes. And you don't want to necessarily keep on drinking, but you can, if you want, um, omit the food a little bit and drink a little more. Like I consume, uh, copious amounts of water for some reason. I I'm, fully non-hydrated. I don't know why. Maybe it's a thing that I just kind of have to keep drinking. I feel like I need to keep drinking. So I kind of not skip meals, but I don't really eat as much anymore because I, I'm so used to intermittent fasting. Yeah. And working in a, in a restaurant also, my wife thinks I'm nuts because, you know, we're so busy. Right. Uh, and I'm stopping my eating at 6 p.m. Yeah. Um, and then I don't I don't partake anything else till the next morning. So for some for some people, that's that's a little crazy, but for me, it's it's my normal now. Now, what I've heard is that for water intake, you you should drink fifty or you should drink half your body weight in ounces is a good amount to drink per day. Mm-hmm. So eight to ten glasses. Yeah. That's a that's a generalized term. Yeah, eight to ten glasses. But to to give it comparison to like a normal person, I'm I, I'm what you call weird. I consume just about three and a half gallons of water a day. It's good. That's, that's good. good. It's disgusting. Uh, because one, I'm always running in a restaurant, so I'm I'm constantly sweating, and I think that's what it is. Like I when I when I feel myself to stop sweating, 
or when you feel yourself stop sweating, your body is not functioning correctly. I'm like, oh my god, I need water. Like, like, like right, like right yeah. now. So I think that's my, like, that's my fear. That's why I keep drinking water because I, I feel like if I stop sweating, I'm gonna die or some shit. Travis, did you have something to add to that? No, no, I'm just listening, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to listen to you talk. That's why I started the podcast. I know. That's really why you did. <laughs> but the, so I just want to give a challenge to people out there. Let me do this real quick, just to kind of what we were talking about with the water intake and different things like that. Cause you run into people that are like, I don't like water. I don't like to drink water. That's fine, mm. but they have to have it. It's, but if you think about this, just in general, it's a little test here. If you go to a restaurant and you're, and you get a salad, think really logically be aware of how many times you take a drink of water while you're eating that salad. I would venture to say that you're not going to take even a drink, maybe one drink if you want, but you're, the salad is a natural, you know, water-based meal that's going to thirst your quench. That's people don't understand that. Thirst your quench? Quench your thirst. Thank thirst. you so much. Yeah. I'm glad you're here to correct me. That's why you're here. Um, I got to contribute. And man. then, and then when you get your dinner, whatever it is, chicken, pasta, whatever, whatever, Yeah, yeah. you know, count how many drinks you're going to take. I don't really drink. So I guess everybody's different, man. I don't really drink while I eat unless it's beer, if it's beer I'm drinking. Yeah. You know, you're gotta, drinking no matter what you're I gotta drive home. I got to get them in now <laughs> so I can sober up later. Right. Uh, but if it's anything else, really, I mean, I'll wait until I'm done eating and then I'll start to drink or I'll drink before I'm waiting on my food. That's a big one. I'll drink because it mm -hmm. always takes forever Yep. and I'm hungry, but while I'm actually eating my meal, I don't really drink that much. So that's kind of like foreign to me when you're talking about it being, you know, maybe an issue to some people. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's like a nerdy thing, but it makes sense. Like it makes perfect, <laughs> it does. It makes perfect sense. But, uh, you know, so how much, so how much of it is really digested in your mouth versus, you know, when it goes down into your stomach acid, I guess. So that's like, and I'm trying to think of like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. The saliva is good. For that i'm sure I, i'm not an expert but like how important is that so you know skipping the drink what's the gain on the you know the gain is is when you skip the drink so you shouldn't you should either not drink two hours before you eat or two hours after you eat that's kind of the window really yep so if you're eating and that's and that sounds hard but if you're eating mcdonald's it's or like junk food or whatever it's impossible because your body needs water so yeah, you yeah. have to have a drink but if you're drinking the right like you know, I've never heard this before, like what we're talking about, if you're drinking or eating water based foods. So the reason that's important, Travis, is because as soon as think about it, like leeches, right, or, or, or bugs or parasites, when you put a bite of food in your mouth and they jump on that and start breaking it down right now. Right. You right. know, that's obviously way better for your digestive system rather than if if uh, if they it goes down in your stomach and it can't digest until nine hours later when you're laying down for bed. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't understand, once again, correct me if I'm wrong, if you have better knowledge than this, is that a lot of people don't understand if you put a bunch of food in your belly that doesn't process properly, that stuff starts to like get rotten and smelly. And uh -huh. that's why people's burps smell and their breath stinks because their digestive system, it's just like sitting, imagine it being like a pit and it's just like you're putting all this crap sitting there and it's just like, you know, I don't want to say molding, but I'm just making it, you know, extreme. But the, yeah, it's getting old and moldy sitting in there because your body can't digest this thing properly. So what would you say? And I'm going to be a Google troll here. Paul. I love it. <laughs> what would you say to Dr. Michael Piaco of the Mayo Clinic that says there's no concern that drinking water will dilute to digestive systems or interfere with digestion? Digestion, sorry. In fact, drinking water during or after a meal actually aids digestion. I disagree with him based on the information that I have. Which... <laughs> so. 
<laughs> I don't know who that guy is, and I don't care. Bring him on the show. There you go. Let's yeah, talk yeah, to him. Hey. Like, no, what if we went, found, if we went by what Google says, we'd have all, a lot of problems right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For everything. <laughs> Check what Wikipedia says. Let oh, me know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, Wikipedia. Okay, so let me send you guys this because uh, I want you guys to watch this. Since we mentioned documentaries, this is one of my favorite ones only because one, it's an Asian kind of thing, so it, it rings true to me. But two, it tells you something. Uh, it tells you something about the process that takes in this guy's head. So you probably have heard it. Hero Dreams of Sushi on Netflix. I don't. I'm not sure if it's still on there, but it's an amazing documentary of this sushi chef that has been working for seven years. The guy worked when he was 20 or yeah, when he was 20 and he's just about to hit 90 in the same restaurant. And he feels as if he still hasn't done or he still hasn't acquired that perfect sushi. And uh, for, for trying to get into the mind of a chef kind of, this is like the perfect thing. Cause I, I, I hate, I hate that word chef. I kind of mock it. That's why it's on my, my podcast name because one, I don't feel like I'm old enough uh, to be called it. Two, I, I haven't learned like all the cuisines yet. You know, I don't know how to bake properly. I haven't traveled. Uh, three, um, it's not like it matters. I don't have Michelin stars or anything. But I need to be. I need to be able. If you tell me, I don't know one kind of dish, I should be able to break that down in a second or what it what it entails or no matter what kind of cuisine it is. To me that is chef somebody tells me that or somebody can embody that that i would call chef but for everybody else um that's kind of eh to me so i i mock that name and i hate it i would call you chef but what well, well hold on now i understand what you're saying here let me just kind of see if i can break this down for a minute paul's gonna lay some wisdom well i'm just asking do you do you think because here's the difference right you're a chef. If I get hired tomorrow with zero experience as a chef position, we basically have the same title. Well, what you're saying is there's different sure. layers to that. You're, Gordon mm -hmm. Ramsay's also a chef. You don't have the experience that Gordon Ramsay has, so should he be called something else? You know, does that make sense? Is that kind of what I'm thinking there? That that is that is exactly you're you're nailing it on the head because I I don't have that experience nor have I traveled. But if Ramsay walked in the door and I'm like. Yes, chef. Right. You know what I'm saying? He, he has the gratis enough. If he needed something and it's of importance, I will respect him because he knows it. But for, for somebody to just kind of walk into my kitchen and be like, this needs to be prepared that way. Like, oh, okay. Who right. are you? How many yeah, years right. have you done this? Respect okay. game. So you'd be like an aluminum, aluminum yeah. chef and not like an iron chef. No. <laughs> <laughs> I that 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 you. No, well, Thank what you. happens? Probably a great chef, by the way. And, and, and to be honest with food. you, uh, being in the chefing industry, we're uh, very tied to the martial arts community, and it's very territorial. Uh, and chefing mm -hmm. is probably the same way. You guys are probably very territorial, meaning, well, you know, I've done it this way, and you kind of see that on some of those shows. You know, even people pushing back on Chef Ramsay is like, "What does this guy know?" I was like, "Are you guys kidding me right now?" It's Chef Ramsay, you know, because the guy from you know, I don't want to say Jersey, but I was going to the guy from Jersey that thinks he's a better chef than Chef Ramsey <laughs> is telling him he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. You know, what I mean, you've seen it a hundred times, right? So yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's all the time. Point, and I think it shows to your uh, how much you care about yeah. being a being a chef or being in the uh, cul uh, culinary industry. 
to think that to think that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I just I just hate it. And my my cooks know too. Like to piss me off, they will start calling me chef. I'm like, <laughs> I swear to God, call me that one more time. I will take my knife and That's slash you in the face. Like, I well, I'm, I'm going to say this, uh, Travis. We need to. I think I need to get him as the co-host because he agrees with me a lot more than what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just have facts to rely on, so I understand. Oh, Lord. You know, Google Google Troll, though. Paul's going to start censoring everything. Next, we're going to be burning books. Did you? you, Paul will be right. Listen, let me ask you. Did you just click on the first one, or did you go down like two, three, four? Did you skip over the ones that proved my point? I'm just curious. I mean, I just went to Mayo Clinic, the first one that popped up. I mean, I skipped over Paul's wisdom and made up bullshit and went straight to the truth. Here we go. No, but... You know, and I, I think we're running a little bit short on time here, but, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. You have a lot of respect and kind of like what Paul was saying. I do agree with Paul a lot, by the way. I just like to give him a hard time. <laughs> you know, you have that respect. You you respect not just the chef, but, you know, the idea of being a chef, right? So I wouldn't sell yourself short, though. That's that's a highly competitive uh, market, I'll say, uh, in layman's terms, right? There's all kinds of restaurateurs mm-hmm. that are trying and failing all the time. It's cutthroat. Yep. There are industries I know of people that just wait for people to fail and buy equipment and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's really cutthroat. And to be doing it as long as you've been doing it and to be a head chef, that's pretty awesome. Regardless of whatever you call yourself, you're doing yeah. something right, bro. Uh, to piggyback off of Travis, because you got to think about it, the brand new chef coming in, they look at you the way you're looking at absolutely uh, Chef Ramsey, you know, for example, maybe not that high of a level, mm-hmm. but you know. They're your, counting on you to your cooks in your kitchen. You are the chef You're exactly. the man every day. They're- it's annoying. That's why I've been saying, but one final question for you guys, <laughs> because we're kind of getting in the tangent and this is the final one. Okay. I think we covered everything and I was going to ask you guys more questions, but you guys were pretty much covering it. Have you guys ever eaten spam? Yep. I think I, well, I was a wrestler, so I probably ate some spam somewhere. I ate a lot of stuff. I didn't know what it was. Fried spam when I was younger. Oh, and fried we, spam! I think yeah, for yeah. sure. And for some reason, it got used for like Rubens, like <laughs> New Year's Day, if I remember correctly. But yeah, there you go. You you two are one of the two, the few in the proud that I call it because almost pretty like eighty percent of the time, whoever I ask like for all the interviewers I've I've had on the show, they're like, "What's spam? What's that?" I remember, we're everyday America here, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we know. We've, we've dug in, we've dug you. deep into this journey. Apparently, it's really huge in Hawaii, I think. Really? Yeah. Or, it's huge Travis, in you were a wrestler too, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I wrestled the remote, man. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of another <laughs> someone we had on the show that was a wrestler, but I can't remember. It was Garrett. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it was Garrett. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not remembering right, but uh, when you wrestled, you know, you'd show up at six in the morning at a at a meet and weigh in and all that stuff and then you would just everybody on the team would have just these crazy snack bags from their mom and i mean you'd they'd throw everything in there like here's some pringles and here's some spam and here's well, you, some tuna you hadn't eaten five days exactly <laughs> so, and we were gonna be there till like 8 p.m so it was like if you get hungry here's some doritos yeah. and here's some more spam you know do you need no yeah, cool you had to find yeah, stuff because you couldn't take a cooler. So right. you had to like find stuff and Vienna sausages. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Vienna sausages. Wow. I haven't heard that in so long. Now, guys, like I said, I appreciate the both of you. Uh, thank you for giving me an hour of your time. I know my time is of the essence, but this is the part of the show where 
you know, can you can you tell the audience where they can kind of find you and all your links and stuff so they can yeah, uh, listen to you guys? Every major platform, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, et cetera, et cetera iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, website everydayamerica.net or you can hit us up on facebook give us a like everyday america podcast basically just type in everyday america and you're going to find us uh but you know just appreciate uh you know appreciate your subscription or your review tell us what we can do better me and paul we don't really like uh you know the happy path we like to get some good solid feedback so that we can improve um so you know if you do happen to hear our show you see something you don't like let us know so we can fix it or tell you to fuck off if we don't agree (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> spoken like a true <laughs> chef chef now guys uh chef's meal airs every monday well uh, i call it live in a restaurant where my sous chef and i talk about our week and then chef's uh chef's meal on thursday where you can find folks like everyday america uh and how they kind of go about their things um, I'll, I'll make sure to leave all their description underneath below so you can find them but guys thank you so much and uh we got to do this again and i'll send you guys those, those recipes yeah, and all that bull so crap so you guys for coming out. thanks for having us yeah thank you it's been amazing thank you the podcast you just heard was made using anchor Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.